For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for those that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA's in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. going on y'all we in here for another episode of believe in kentucky alongside uk's fifth all-time leading scorer double zero tony Depp. my name is Vinny hardy what's up with you td man i am happy to be here today it's a beautiful day here in atlanta so you know i'm, I'm gonna take advantage of this nice weather and get outside and uh go and watch a little youth basketball here in an hour so i'm excited to Go to the gym and not really have to have uh two warm clothes. I got my shorts on right now, so yeah, yeah, it's just short. It's feeling real good right about now. That's your I don't, kind of I don't know how long it's gonna last, but uh, for the moment, I'm enjoying it. Absolutely, y'all already know we brought to you courtesy of the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. Go to believe.com. Subscribe, rate, review anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us. Speaking of warm weather, man. You talk about Phoenix was your favorite city. A friend of ours, her name is Catherine. She's from the Tucson area. She was telling my buddy Joey, who's a Tennessee fan, but listen to this podcast. She was talking about the caliche type soil out there that's so hard that, you know, nothing grows. And when it rains out there, it floods. Nobody has grass in their yards out there in Arizona. How odd was that for you being from the South? where we got green leaves and trees and grass, how different was it when you got out there and was living out there to just not see anything green? You know what? It, it was a different scenery for me. And I was kind of wanting to do something different. Like when you grow up and see green um, pretty much your whole life, I really was excited to see desert. Cause I, I didn't, you think about desert, you're not really thinking about anyone really living in, in desert because it's so, it's so hot. And, um, when I got to Phoenix, I, I guess just to, you know, seeing the different homes, seeing some palm trees, but uh, being in a city that was just nice. I mean, it, it's one of the nicest cities that you can visit 
and live in, although it gets really hot between May and probably like August. But other than that, I mean, I really enjoy living in Phoenix. If you had water there, I mean, you probably would be, if not the number one growing, the growing city, uh, it would be definitely top of the list. But just how I enjoyed it, you know, it was an experience that um, even now as I reflect, I don't reflect back on it. I really just enjoyed my time. I enjoyed playing out there. And your body responds differently to warmer weather. And some of the places I play, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Michigan with mm. the Pistons and playing with the Celtics. Those are like really cold places and it, it takes your body longer to warm up. And there was something about Phoenix and even um, me playing out there a year and a half, that whole season, I never missed a game. And my body felt the best it ever felt before. So that was another reason why when I chose to go to uh, Phoenix Suns, when I left Sacramento, which was another, you know, really nice uh, place to live and had a great team setting. Phoenix, there was just something special about it. And even going back to my first ever visit there back in 1996, when they invited the top seniors out and there was this um, tournament called the Desert Classic. So the Desert Classic would invite all the top seniors from, um, from most of the conferences around the country. And when I first got there, I was like, wow, there's something I like about this city. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't get a chance to see it the way I did as a player, mm -hmm. but just my first experience, I was like, man, if I ever become a free agent, I'm going to move here. And the first time I became a real free agent and I can make a little money, I oh, bounce. Man, so it's just, you just drawn to it. The first time you were there, it just you were just drawn to the city. I was in love with the city, man. I mean, you know, and there's places that, you know, as you travel, you know, you really like, you think about vacations, um, uh, the, the vacation spot that most people like to go to is like nice warm weather. Um, and it's, and it's not so much about the humidity because Phoenix has uh, dry heat, but mm. I just like just driving around and seeing, like I say, the, the stucco homes, you know, when you, you yeah. live in the South, you see different homes. I'm like, man, it's different out here. So it's, it's a different experience. And I think everyone who gets a chance to uh, visit different parts of the country and live in different parts of the country, I was fortunate enough to, have been traded so many times. I got a chance to see uh, different cities and live in different states. Mm, that's all right. So when she was she was talking about that, and 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 you know, I was like, man, I got to ask you about just you know the, the soil. You know, the, it doesn't soak up the rainwater. It doesn't, nothing grows. So I knew I had to ask you about that next time uh, we had the episode. But man, it is it is March, and it's gonna be a it's a weird March. It's SEC tournament time. Yeah. And our cats come in having to run the table in order to <laughs> get the big dance. Our backs are against the wall, TD. We got to win four games in four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if they're going to be part of the big dance. That's just foreign territory for us. Hey, you know what, man? Uh, we heard Kevin, Garn Kevin Garnett say, but he also had Paul Pierce and Ray <laughs> Allen and Rajon Rondo on his team to say anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> now, if, if we play four games, if we play South Carolina four times, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm like, you know what? It's very capable of happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can really pull this off. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's going to be tough because when you get to, let's say if we were to get to Saturday, your legs are gone. And I tell people this all the time. We played 
so I played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every SEC tournament. And I won, before we lost to Mississippi State, I had won 11 games in a row. So won SEC tournament as a freshman, SEC tournament as a sophomore, SEC tournament as a junior. And we lost in the championship game my senior season to Mississippi State. But every time we got to Sunday, I had nothing left. It, it was just like on fumes. And we had a deep team where it didn't matter if I had a great game. You know, someone else could always come in. But it, it, it takes a toll on your body because the, the intensity, the game intensity is a lot different than practice. So even when you practice, it's like practice three hours. I'm cool. I can go back to the room and I'm fine. Like I can recover the next day. But from a game, it would always take me two days to recover because it was just, I exerted so much energy. And uh, so by the time I got to Sunday, I had nothing left. So looking at these cats, man, it, it would be a miracle because they don't really have the depth. Like you really got to have a nine, 10 man roster and you need a one or two blowouts there. You need one of those games they played against South Carolina where now you're putting in the, the 10th and 11th guy, he's getting some runs and you're saving them legs. So teams know that. And that's what's make that's what really makes all tournaments, you know, from all the conferences, you know, when you see that team go out and win three games in a row, uh, or even four games. I think one time, um, did did, did UConn win five with Kimball Walker? The year they won the national championship, okay. they had to win like four or five games. Mm-hmm. And that year we actually faced them twice that year. We faced them in, in Maui and they beat us, and then we faced them in the final four. Yeah. With, with Kimba again, Kimba and uh, I think Napier. Napier was another one of the backcourt point guards that played in the league some years. I don't know if he's still in the league now. And, um, I mean, he, he went on a run. He went on probably a run like we've never seen before, you know, from winning the Big East tournament, winning four or five games. I want to think it was five. I could be wrong. And then getting to the NCAA tournament and winning six more games. I mean, that had never been done. And I'm not talking about a 6'9", 16. we We're not talking about Tim Duncan – um, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, someone who dominated Christian Leitner, which I know everyone in Kentucky hates, probably mm-hmm. one of the top five um, best players in the Final Four, you know, mm-hmm. who played, you know, like I said, played in multiple games, won multiple championships. And when you look at the run that Kemba Walker went, I mean, it was special, man. It was just special that we faced him early in the season mm-hmm. to see what he to see what he did in the Big East tournament. And to come back final four and deliver again, you know, and like I said, makes him the player he is today, you know, all-star, mm-hmm. um, you know, just signed a huge deal last year, but you know, it, it's, it really has to be the people on your team focus and you have to have more than one player. You know, like I said, you know, when you get to the final four, you need one or two pros on your team. I mean, it, it like, and I think that's where the game changed so much where, this generation is all about not going somewhere and let me get my 25, 30 points. You're not going to get to the final four and you're not going to win. But the toughest game I'm going to tell you, Vinny, was uh, every year was that elite eight game to get to the final four. Like most people just forget about that. They, they talk about sweet 16 final four. Your toughest game is the elite eight game. Cause even the year we lost in 1995, we lost to North Carolina and they went on to go to Final Four, of course. That was such a grueling game. When I tell you, it took so much out of us. We lost it. And I'm just sitting back in the locker room. I'm reflecting, like, man, our season's over with. Like, we got this far. And I don't want to be disappointed again. So 
you know, that's just how that's how it works. That's how the NCAA tournament is. The uh, SEC tournament is about the same. You know, you got to win those three games. So for Kentucky to win four, they I, I just don't think they have the depth to do it. I know they don't have the depth to do it. Now, if they do it, I mean, hey, man, <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be happy on very happy on Sunday. Selection Sunday. I don't care what seed we get, 8, 9, 10, 13, 14. That doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and you you talk about having just the, the blowouts and to get on that kind of run. Um, and you mentioned playing South Carolina, you know, four times in a row. Well, that's that's not going to be the case because it's going to be Mississippi State Thursday. Tough get game. Past that one get past that. Yeah, it was. It took overtime in Starkville, and it took Dante Allen going off to beat them in Starkville. If you get past that one, you get Alabama for the third time on Friday. Who you know the number one seed? I, I thought we played we played Alabama well at home. You know, I, I thought we had a shot late in the game to win that game, which which we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like here's the thing, and I, and most people are listening. It's not like we don't have the talent to play with anyone in our conference. Like I don't think anyone in our conference is that more superior than we are. Mm-hmm. And we're not in we you know we're not an inferior point, opponent to anyone in our conference, but you must have someone late game that you can throw the ball to and they can get consecutive buckets. We can get stops, but now when it comes down, is it Mintz, is it Sar, who's going to be able to score for us? Mm-hmm. That's where it gets like, it gets a little dicey when you say, okay, yeah, win the game, win the game. But it's like, okay, who, who's going, who's our closer? Because right. every team, when you, like I said, when you get to the SEC tournament, they get to the championship game, Big East, it doesn't matter the conference. Um, when it's a close game, you know who you want the ball, who you want to put the ball, who hands you want to put the ball in. And I'm not certain who we put, who, who is that person for us? Mm-hmm. Is it Mintz? Is it Sar? Is it Boston? I mean, which one of these players, which one of these players do we trust late in the game to say, go get us a bucket. And then not only can you get us a bucket, can you get us another bucket? Can mm-hmm. you get to the foul line? Can you draw and dish to someone, and that person's ready to shoot. That that's what we haven't had all year, you know. And some of that goes back to preseason, when you know we didn't, we never had the chemistry, and 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 it's a lot better now. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if we had another, if we had one more month, if our record was different, I really would trust this team because I've seen how they have grown. You know, not to the level of uh, to make our Kentucky faithful happy. But you got to look at where they're at, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and having so many young players, man. What, so the question I have to ask you, when you see a young team like this, like if you were a coach, what conversation do you have about, you know, what is our identity? I, <laughs> that's been – it's been such a moving target all year. You know, like you, like you said, who do you trust, who's – you know, what roles are defined? Is it SAR? We thought it was going to be SAR. We thought no. he was a missing piece at the start. I never thought I never thought it was going to be SAR. I, here's the thing, I'm not, not to cut you off, but when you have a player that put his name in a draft, you know, and I always said, like, you put your name in, either you're a pro or you're not a pro, you know, and, and they'll come back and find you. You know, you still might get a shot. But to come back, you got to be better. Like you got to give me fifteen to twenty points on a nightly basis. Like, like what quick and I always, I always mention these two guys, like PJ Washington and Quickly. Them dudes came back; they were better. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you see both of them, you know, in the rotation, 
PJ starting uh, quickly could be a starter, you know, if he really wanted to, they want, but that, they like his, his firepower off the bench. And that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, you put your name out there as a pro. So now when you come back, show them dudes, okay, now, I'm a pro, but you but it has to be numbers. You have, you have to deliver. And, and I think coach Kyle said it best. What Kentucky does, Kentucky puts you on the big, the biggest stage. So if your game is trash, if your game ain't, Ain't where you think is, is that Kentucky will expose you because you all you got so many televised games. Everyone's watching. Cal is best friends and knows everyone in the NBA on every team. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be scouts coming in into that to that practice or uh, or game. So, you know, and it's just that's what I'm saying. Like when I thought about so I'm like, OK, he's a good role player. But if, if that's what we we throwing the ball to him, he's supposed to win us a game. Man, that ain't called Anthony Towns. I mean, that's called Anthony Towns. I'm like, I'm rocking with you. Uh-huh. No, I'm not rocking with him. Is it, which he wasn't consistent in the ACC, but he put up some good numbers in against Notre Dame, North Carolina, so he has some double-doubles thrown in there. Is it that big of a difference switching from the ACC to the SEC? Is that what it is? Or was it Cal's system compared to what he would been playing in? Or I, I think he was he – was, a piece to a piece in a puzzle. And it wasn't like he was a star player. So there's, there's, there's different kind of pressure mm-hmm. on certain players. You know what I'm saying? And was Wake Forest depending on starting to get them 25, 30 points on a nightly basis? No. Hmm. You know, if he gave them 15, 8, they were fine with it. You know, because as you see right now, and what the reason why he wasn't a pro, inconsistency. And we've seen that throughout this year. So – you're not tricking me with having one good game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the difference in somebody coming in and watching you and said, man, you're a pro. You had like 25 and 13 and maybe five or six blocks against North Carolina or Duke in the ACC. Mm-hmm. But you also get up for them opponents. Okay, so let's say we go play someone else, you know. Are, are you that same player? Are you just going to be that one time we're going to get up for this team right here? Are you going to play the same way against Virginia, Virginia Tech? Like, like, so now you pique my interest now. You give me 25, 12, and 5, I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I like this player. You did it against Duke or North Carolina, I'm following you. Then you come back and give me 12 and 6, mm-hmm. 8 and 5, uh-huh. and then you give me 15 and 1. Right. Then you might give me 5 and 4. I don't trust you. Oh, up and down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So yeah. when you start seeing these kind of players – Watch how they do for about a five to ten game stretch, okay? Because that's when a coach can sleep easy at night knowing, man, this dude, he gave me 20 points a night. That's it. I mean, that's that's a pro. Like, we're quickly – we we started knowing what quickly was going to give us every game. Like, like after we got it a few games, I'm like, okay, man, this, this dude can play now. Like, like there ain't no – there is no – I'm not deceived. I'm, I'm I'm not looking at him being looking at him saying, man, you know what? I just do. He'll give it to you every once in a while. Now, man, he he became consistent and he was giving people buckets. He got to the foul line. Mm-hmm. He, he he started playing with so much confidence that, that that's something you you can't teach that. You know, that, that's me working on my game and also believing me, but also having a coach that say, hey, man, throw him the ball. And here's here's the thing that that players recognize. Players recognize other dudes that that can make buckets. 
that can get buckets, that can score. And that's just how quickly it was. And you see them right now on that on the next level doing the same thing, man. They know. We know within, I think players know within an hour or two of you practicing if you could play. Mm-hmm. Now, Cal has never been a fan of the SEC tournament. We know this because <laughs> you, you don't play three games in a row in the SEC tournament. You got a Friday, Sunday. You got a Thursday, Saturday. You got a day in between. You don't have to win three, three in three days. How was it when you were on the staff when Kentucky's coming in and it, it didn't matter because you already had won the regular season title, you're going to get a good seed. How much did he really let on that he hated the tournament? You know, I was, we just went it for the fans. Is basically what his motivation was every year. I, I think it's hard to say because, you know, I, I think you, you know, you, you want to win. You work hard to win the regular season and then you want to put yourself in position to win an SEC turn because, you know, you're still playing for I hate that our game is is not maybe on Saturday because that has affected whoever wins the championship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always help their seating. Mm-hmm. But if you had that game, man, by Saturday, so when the committee get together and, and on Sunday, they have already kind of like saying, okay, it's almost like winning the SEC tournament is a wash. Yeah. And it shouldn't be mm-hmm. because you should – still respect, you know, one of your power five conferences. You know, it might not be the Kentucky every year that wins it, but, you know, whoever wins this year, you got to respect what they've done throughout their conference. And, and then during the pandemic, I mean, it was – you got to look at what happened last year to, you know, some of these teams. You know, you, you look at a Texas A&M. I mean, Texas A&M, I mean, they've been off for like two or three weeks. They, they haven't had a consistent schedule. You know, so and that breaks your routine. It, it really hurts your your continuity, your chemistry. Uh, you're trying to make sure that your players are, you know, following the, the 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 proper protocols, and so it's even more pressure now. You know, to kind of achieve achieve something like that. So you know, th- this is this is a tricky year. But even with with Coach Cal when I was on the staff, I mean, we wanted to win. There's, I mean, that we didn't go into. You know, that them players wanted to win. You know, even though, you know, it's grueling, you want to make sure that your players, you know, stay healthy. But that's where I'm saying, like, your depth comes into uh, into play. Like, you got to have, like, 10, 11 guys. And if you try to ride six guys for three straight days, I mean, your leg's going to be gone. You're really going to need – even when, you know, when the NCAA tournament March Madness officially starts and we have our 68 teams, your legs you, – you have to have, like, two or three days off, man, just to recover from that grueling tournament. You know, and even if you were – so I already know you got a bid. If you lose, let's say you lose Saturday, you still got time to rest your body and rest your legs. And I think that's what Cal, you know, is more when, when he look at the side of, okay, how much do I really want to be here? What are we getting out of this? Are we still playing for a number one, number two seed? And if you're not really playing for the number one seed, and, and let's say the committee is already, when we go into the SC tournament, they already had us like a number two or a one after two two games, well, now as a coach, you want to make sure everybody is healthy. And I always look at it as preparation for the NCAA tournament because, you know, it's, I think you said to your players, it's good to be in a position that if we lose, we still are in the NCAA tournament. So it takes some of the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the little tweaks that's been made here recently, the past couple of games, they put Davion Mintz at the point uh, against Ole Miss. 
and they played him again at the point against South Carolina. Uh, he had, I think, 20 and seven Saturday against South Carolina. He hit five threes again, just like he did at Tennessee. Um, maybe of, of all the guys, maybe he's the one that you, you know, you try to give him the ball. If you, you trust the most as far as getting the bucket is concerned, I believe maybe Mintz is going to be that guy on this team as much as there's going to be a guy like that on this team. I think so. I think when you, you look at Mintz, you know, he is playing a lot differently than he played early in the season. And, um, you know, the confidence is there, you know, just, you know, getting that last game at home and seeing that ball go through the net and for his teammates to see it, you know, because like I said, it's been a, it's been a tough season for our players, you know, and, and just because, you know, there is always pressure to perform at the highest level and be the best team in a the conference. They still, they still are young players. They're not the experienced players that we've traditionally been used to having. And it takes longer. And, and, and there is, here's the thing about it, growing pains. We've, we've seen them. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many growing pains like, man, okay, he plays well, then he doesn't play well. He's, a, he's in the lineup. He's out of the lineup. Yeah. He's the starter now. Oh, he's not the starter anymore. Oh, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's, it's been a difficult year for our guys. And, and it's been a difficult year, I, I think, about Coach Cal, you know, everything that that he's done with the team, you know, and just trying to make sure I keep these guys focused, make sure they're, they're, um, they're staying healthy and they're, they're buying in. And then it's hard to get players to buy in when you lose because it's like, okay, but they had so many, so many games they were in so many close games. And like, like I said earlier, they just didn't have that closer. You know, they probably, if they had a closer, we probably would have five or six more victories. Yep. Easily. Yeah. There's maybe a glimmer of hope that, you know, maybe Terrence Clark is ready or will play. Uh, I forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah. At this point of the year, he hadn't played since December. And we mentioned, you know, him and Keon never played together, you know. But what do you think could you logically or reasonably expect from a guy like that with that long of a layoff and then you throw him out there in the SEC tournament? Not much. Mm-hmm. He might give you one good game, you know, mm-hmm. when you've had that kind of, that kind of layoff. And, you know, it, like I said, it's a different intensity, you know, in the game, you know, compared to practice. Like, you know, if, if he had maybe five games under his belt, I would be like, okay, you know what? He got a shot. You know, he got it. Like, I, I, I know he can go out there because it's not like he can't play basketball, but the speed of the game is different. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he's been off for, like, months. He ain't just been off. We ain't just missed, like, two or three games. You know, he's he's been gone since, like, the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And for him to come back, I mean, what, uh, only thing I can say he could give you is he give you he give you size in the body. He give you an athlete. But if you if you rely on him to be a 15 to 20-point score, he, he might get you 15, 20, one game. But he can't – to me, there can't be pressure on him, you know, to come back and – kind of be that that top tier player that he was i mean just what i would say hey you know i don't know if you're gonna put his name in the draft you know come back let's try this thing over again you know get you a full season under your belt don't come back now to try to perform to show the scouts or you know just to be like okay i'm back now i'm looking good and you get re-injured or just or you look bad they'd be like oh you know 
you might need you you probably need to go back to college. So I mean, it's to do what to do what for this team to come back. Let's say we win two games, we lose the third. Our season over anyway. So we we it's not like we fighting for for our season. We are, but but we're not. Absolutely. Got to take a second to talk about our sneaker sponsor with eBay. We send these exact same commercials on TV. Uh, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and up making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. ebay.com sneakers. They got the commercials on TV when you're watching the game. So y'all, the sneaker heads go in there and sell, buy, whatever you want to do with your collection on eBay. Speaking of mints, we all know he transferred here from Creighton. His former coach, Greg McDermott, was just in the news, just coming off of suspension for his comments after they lost to Xavier, where he said, quote, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. And got himself suspended for a game. I think he's back now for the Big East tournament. But uh, I don't know if Mintz had been asked about that with him having ties to Creighton. I mean, Jerry Tipton might have thrown that question at him in the session. You never I'm know. Sure, I'm sure Jerry found him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, McDermott was suspended, and, and that was, you know, the, the big news off the court or post game for this past week. I think, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a sensitive subject for especially our culture. And – when you look at it, you look at the older culture. You know, when they when they hear plantation, I mean, they cringe when they hear something like that. Our generation, I kind of the same. I feel the same way. You know, it's like, you know, your freedom is taken taken away, and we got to stay here. And you are you are a master. You are you control our destiny. And to make that statement in this day and time, you know, he's very insensitive, and and, and they should have came down on him a lot harder than what they did. You know, that that's where I'm not saying he got to lose his job, but you got to be suspended for five or 10, 15, 20 games. Like like this message needs to be sent to every coach. If you ever make a statement like that, because that's a racial statement to our culture, telling us that, hey, you know what? Do what I say. And you can't and anything else, you know, you will be punished for it. So, you know. The punishment wasn't hard enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you came out. You apologize because, like I said, someone that, you know, you put that out there and it's like, Dude, what are you doing? Like, you think that's that's cool to put out and, and have people people look at that and say, you understand what you just said? Like, so have you always felt that way when you've been when you've had black players? You know what I'm saying? So maybe the truth comes out not only from a player like Mintz, but from other guys who played for him. Like, OK, you know, you have assistant coach that's black. So you have, you recruited these black players. 
And to think in your mind that that's, that's going to fly, that's going to be cool. Absolutely not. And it's going to be hard to walk in somebody's household now because with social media, social media is kind of like I said about Kentucky basketball player. You get exposed, man. So Twitter, Instagram, these different social media sites, you get exp- you said something like that, everyone is going to see, everyone is going to hear about it. So what do you do to clean it up? You know, it is more than just saying, okay, man, I apologize. Like you really got to, when you recruit these players, you got to go back in a household. You got to go into somebody, to a, a, a household, a black household. And they remember, they hear what you said. So is that how, is that how you really feel about my son? Because now I don't trust my son. And not to say that he's a bad coach, but you are insensitive to how our people centuries, let's say century ago, years, decades ago, how we were treated. And we do have a platform now where we are in position where we can speak out and, you know, tell you how we feel about it. Because now it's, it's different when you're on this side, you know what I'm saying? Like you're on the black side and we're not out there trying to look for, you know, in any sympathy. I don't think you, myself, I'm not, I don't look at sympathy, you know, but when you say something like that, you have our young eight, 18, 19 year old men is that that does affect them. We've moved on. Like I'm not a college player anymore. So Coach McDermott does nothing for me right now. But what he does is he's teaching young black men and young white men. Cause it's not even the black, the black men. It's, it's how the white players will treat us and how they look at us. Cause if they see his mindset is like that, what makes them think any differently about the black players? Cause in my head coach who's white can say this and he feels this so it, it goes back to your parents because and i've said this on, on a previous podcast no child black white mexican chinese is born racist right exactly and like you said we're not looking for sympathy we're not going around looking for stuff to be offended by we're not going around looking for stuff to to be like oh i'm offended by that but as a coach, as a motivator, you know, you started the statement off, guys, we need to stick together. You, you've heard that as a player many times. Absolutely. There's so many different ways that you can get your point across to motivate guys. We got to stick together. We got to stop there. In. We got to, we got to yeah. stay connected, all kind of things to say what he said without going there. Yes. So, you know, and, but when you bring, when you bring the plantation, I was like, <laughs> and you play you know, for you play for the motivator of all motivators to push your buttons and say what needs to be said to get you to where he thinks you should be playing at without, without using that, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think as like now, because of what had, what happened years ago, 50, 60 years ago, all that comes back, especially if that's what my parents endured because my parents, are, were was much older than my peers. You know, my mom was, you know, in the, my dad was born in 1918. My mom was like 19. She was in like the late, the late twenties. So they experienced a lot. Yeah. And I do mean a lot. Just think about when my dad was born, what happened in the thirties, the forties, the fifties, the sixties, yeah. the seventies, the eighties, mm. it got better each decade. You know, it got better each decade. But my parents experienced what people hear about in the 50s. My parents lived in the 50s. Right. My parents lived in the 40s. Mm. So they understood. 
they saw our leaders get killed. They heard about Martin Luther King, Megan Everest get killed, Malcolm X get killed. That message was sent to our culture. And even though we're in, you know, 2021, is it's, it's our history. And we don't try to relive our history, but when it comes back, and it's like, you can't say something like that when we experienced that. We like our, our ancestors lived that. His ancestors didn't live that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very insensitive. And, and, to, and, and to suspend him for what? It should have been the whole season. Like, dude, you you know, you might need to go and, and do some uh do some more interviews and, and talk to some more black people just to see, okay, why would you say that? like like what's what's your because it, to me it's deeper than that. It's something that either he was okay with, he's okay with hearing, or he's doing hanging out with his friends or his family members, his his parents. Because certain things in my household were unacceptable. Like we never talked about racism. Like my parents never talked about what white people did. Like, and my parents, like I said, they lived through some, some, when I say some tough times, man, it was some tough time. Like I, we grew up without having a car. We had to walk places. We, we knew that, okay, our culture was was dec- definitely third and fourth class at some point. Second class wouldn't even, we never considered ourselves being second class in this country. <clears throat> you know, we've actually kind of gotten better now, but that's what I'm saying. Like for me to hear it, I'd be like, I could imagine our coach saying that, Coach Patino said that, or any of my coaches I played for, and me go back and tell my parents, like, you know what the coach just said to me? You know how upset my mom and dad would have been because they would have been like, that young man don't know what we experienced as a black culture. And for him to say that, you know what I'm saying? She probably, she, she would want me to transfer. She'd be like, you know what? I'm never coming there. I'm, I don't want to see him again. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can trust your kid to go play for that person and then that changes the way. Well, maybe I don't trust you coaching my child for four years. It, maybe I, mm, yeah. maybe I maybe rethink if you, Here's another thing, too. If you could set it in front of us, imagine what you're saying behind us, behind our back. Mm-hmm. That That's what's so, that's what most people don't understand is that if, if you got the nerve to set that in today's time, when you, you've seen what has happened the last two years, what's happened decades ago is that you feel comfortable saying that like, like you, you felt comfortable saying that before. Cause that's, that, that's to me, that's, that's me being comfortable saying that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh shoot. Cause when you come, when you uncomfortable, like it, it'd be like, oh, man, like everybody, every, cause everybody should have been shocked. But, but at the end of the day, you know, he got to understand like, man, you got, you got young players that, that these dudes, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at you, as a leader, you're the leader in the room. And yeah, you know, we, we're all bought in coach, whatever you say we're going to do, you know, we are locked in and, and, you know, we trying to stay connected the best we can. And, and we have done that. So like you said, once it starts going deeper and deeper, then it's like, okay, yeah, on the plant. Huh? What coach, man, you, you just lost me. Yeah. <laughs> what we're on the plantation now. Mm, okay, cool. That's it. We got a, I had a couple of little mailbag questions from some listeners because y'all can always follow the Believe Podcast Network at Believe Podcast. But we got Believe in Kentucky, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, just B-L-E-A-V-I-N Kentucky. Follow, 
like, put questions and comments there. So I'm gonna bring up a couple for you, TD, before we wrap it up um, and work in some more in some upcoming episodes. My dude, Mike Patton from out of Nashville, he covers your Titans uh, Sports Awakening website and he hosts a Touring the AFC South podcast. My dude, Mike Patton, um, wanted to know what it was like for you having two nephews, Richard and Reginald, playing for Mississippi State. Did you root for them with you being a Kentucky alum? Were you torn? Were you conflicted? What was that like for you when you got family playing for Mississippi State, playing against your Kentucky Wildcats? It's all I mean, family's family, man. They're, they're my nephews. I, I love, I love them dudes. That's, you know, they brother, they their daddy taught me how to play basketball. He helped me advance my game. So yeah, there's there's nothing but love, you know, just for my nephews that they were able to to get a free ride to college, to get scholarships, you know. And not only uh did they get scholarships, both of their sisters got basketball scholarships. So my brother, uh, four kids all got a free ride to college. And it stemmed from just, you know, the hard work, just having, you know, their mom was a was a high school teacher. Um, so it, it's it's the influence where it helps having the right parents. You know what I'm saying? So when you have the right parents, those parents do make a difference. For sure. And, and and that's the one thing I can say, the beautiful thing I can say about just when you get a chance to look at what they were able to accomplish, uh, you know, you want to be a college graduate. And that's just an opportunity that that they were given. Man, Bill Hart sent in the question, maybe there are similarities or differences with the speed of the game now versus the speed of the game when you were playing? I think the speed of the game, really, there's not any different speed of the game. It's more about, and we shot a lot. Of, you know what? It's funny. I thought we shot a lot of threes at Kentucky. <laughs> and at the rate these guys are shooting threes, it's like 20, 25, 30. And, and that's, and, and Coach Patino's style was, you know, you can't take a long two. You, you know, if you got take, you check out, you'll be taking out a game if your foot is on the line. So every, but he didn't, he didn't stress it the way these coaches stressing it now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it just that I think we have so many players that are, are so mesmerized by that three point line that has really hurt the mid range game. It's, it's hurt the, the ability to drive and it hurts our kids because our young kids, before they can even shoot threes, they're out there throwing the ball up and, you know, having bad form footwork is not good. Instead of them working on, you know, uh, four feet to eight feet to 12 feet to 16 to 20 to get yourself out to the to the three-point line, that's what has really hurt the game. Yeah, so it, you guys get in there now, and, and it's so foreign to them. They don't – I don't know what to do. What – I'm not supposed to shoot from here. What – you can see them – you can see the, their mind working. Like, they're wide open in the paint and, and don't know what to do. Oh, oh my – and – so it's it's so they're taught don't shoot in here don't take this mid range you're right they have no no idea what they should do when they get in there. Adam Griggs from Big Blue Express covers UK football for them. Wants to know what was more fun your Kentucky career or your NBA career? I like my Kentucky career. I think it was 
it was it was fun. And not to say NBA wasn't fun. Um, you know, we just had so much chemistry. And I got a chance really to grow as a player and stay in Lexington for four years. Um, I was traded quite a bit in the NBA, so I never really got my never got a chance to to build a, a solid foundation. Like it was a it was a foundation, like Lexington became home for four years. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference when and all, all of us players to tell you, you know, it's, you know, money is great, but if you could just stay somewhere and be coached and have the same teammates and be in a system, it, it makes life easier. And that's what Kentucky did for me to see me go from a freshman, not playing a lot to a senior win a national championship. You saw my growth. You, 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 you saw me become a, come in as a young man and, and leave as a man. And the NBA is really, it's a business. You know, you get traded, you might get traded midway through the season. You become a free agent, you sign with a team. You, with that team, they trade you away. It's a lot of moving parts, more moving parts. And it's really about the organization, what's best for them. It's not what's best for the players. Like when you recruit a player, that player becomes like a surrogate to you. Like that's your, that's your son, that's your child. And it's it was hard on the NBA level because you didn't want to get attached to the coaches, the system of the city, and especially as a role player. You know, if you were a superstar, you had leverage. You can control your your destiny. But if you're a role player, not even not even remotely close. You know, it's like you're playing well and all of a sudden, you know, hey, they decide to trade you. I mean, what you gonna do? You can't you can't uphold, you can't stop the trade. Um, so it's I think that's was that's the difference for me is the stability that I felt at Kentucky that I didn't have in NBA. Yeah. Ronnie Phelps says that you were his favorite UK player. He just wants to know what your favorite memory was of your time at Kentucky. My favorite memory would be, I don't think anything is better than winning the championship. You know, we, we, I've had, I played a lot of games, scored a lot of points, but just win that championship, man. And, and, Leaving college as a winner, winning your last Ooh. college game. That's the difference. When I look back and reflect on my careers that I won my last collegiate game. And not too many people can say that. And right. on a really good team. And as I stated earlier, um, going back to high school, and I had a, I had a good high school team. But we needed like, uh, you know, and what we're seeing now, players are going to play with other good players because you need two or three players, whether it's high school, college, NBA, you need another stud. You need another guy on the other side or two guys that when he gets to that final game, if you're, you're off, somebody can, can pick you up. And that's what we had at Kentucky. You know, like I said earlier, when we got the SEC, SEC tournament, even though I, you know, I was still on the court, I still was respected. If I had a bad game, my, my teammates, could take up the slack. They, they could step in and give me, give me the 10 to 15 points that, I'm, that I would always give you. But I just, I, like I said, my legs wasn't in it. You know, it wasn't like I, w- I was there, but the physical part of it, and like I say, the mental part of it, it's the difference. So just being mentally strong, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people understand when you're playing at these different, on these different levels, it's, it's the mental toughness that, that comes with you. Got one from George Delatore. He's from LA. And of course, we talked a couple of podcasts ago about you know you and Kobe getting it in. 
he just wants to know about your memories with Sacramento playing against the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. What was it like? We talked about going against the Bulls and Pippen. What was it like going against Shaq and Kobe? Well, like I said, Kobe was the only dude that got me got me with a baseline dunk. I, I didn't see – I was surprised by but he caught me – caught me. he spin off me when baseline, and I didn't think he was going to dunk. So I jumped, and it was like, oh, he got me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but just during that time, I was only with Sacramento – I was only in Sacramento for a year, but it was – it was an intense robbery that that went on for about four or five years after I left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were the second best team, you know, in California next to the Lakers, you know, and that's how we felt. We didn't worry about, you know, we didn't think about the Clippers. Golden State um, wasn't good then. They were a bad team, but we were, we were coming. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers knew that because even the year I left and this when the first round was only, uh, the first round went five games. They won the first two in L.A. So everybody was like, oh, yeah, our, you know, they about to sweep Sacramento. We went back to Sacramento. You know, we win our two games in Sacramento. And then we put the pressure on them. And that was when they won their first um, first NBA champion, champion. But we took them five games. Yep. And then it took us going back to L.A. to play them. And, you know, it, it's so funny that that game, it's almost like they needed the Lakers to win. You know, so – we knew that it wasn't going to be a great officiated game. And, and I'm not going to say they cheated. You know, they ended up beating us by 25, 30 points. You know, I'd say it was, you know, it was difficult to stop Shaq. Kobe was Kobe. But Shaq was, it was difficult to stop Shaq. Shaq was a man child. And we really, as, as much as we had bodies, but we didn't have enough bodies to really slow him down. Mm-hmm. This one is one I, I just had to, been thinking about because January the 28th, 2020, you turned 46 and you said that you uh, got injured going up for a dunk. So January 28th, 2021, this year you turned 47. You said you're feeling a whole lot better this year than you were last year because you said that that quad injury was, was, was something to deal with. My question, January 28th, 2022, when you turn 48, are you going to go out there and, and, and dunk again? Man, I'm not. Listen, I hadn't even thought about dunking anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, when that happened last year, you know what? It's like sometimes you got to retire. You got to retire from thinking that you can do something that you did 20 years ago <laughs> or even eight years ago. Cause, I mean, I, I still I still was dunking in my 40s easily, but, you know, also – you have to get warmed up and you can't, this is what I tell people when you get older, you can't let your, you can't let your mind play tricks on your body. Mm-hmm. Your mind will make you think you can do something and your body will tell you, your body will, will show you that you can't do it because mm-hmm. your body's going to get injured. It's like, okay, yeah, you going you gonna to try this. You know, we haven't done this in five years. We, we haven't jumped this high. What are you doing? Oh, all right. Okay, cool. Go try it. And the body going to show you something totally different. So what I listen to now, I listen to my body. I hear you. I hear you. And we got to get it in. I, I, we was, I forgot to squeeze it in last week with Dick Gabriel on, and that was my bad. But we got to talk about La Terrain. Y'all got the 25th anniversary watch for the 96 championship. You got your own Tony Duck watch. Dave and Ben got a variety of watches at La Terrain. Go to LaTerrain.com, Facebook, Instagram. Check out the collection. BBN, get your commemorative championship watch. 
because man, that thing is something else. And yeah, we try to lock everybody in, you know, and and work on a date and make sure we get the right people. I think uh, Alan Cutler is gonna work with us on some promotion with the watch. Uh, Walter McCarty, myself, we're sending constantly sending out tweets. So, you know, we want to make sure that as we get these watches out, people get the art, they'll get the timepiece. It's a really, really nice timepiece that lot terrain. They spend a lot of time making this watch. And, um, you know, it means a lot to our 9016, you know, and those fans that supported us and, and, you know, have gone on to still be big blue nation fans. You know, that championship from 96 was collectively, uh, collectively was a bunch of guys that really loved playing with each other. You know, it was, we, we look back on it and we are part of history, you know, part of one of the greatest teams that ever played, but also a team that we all sacrificed because all of us could have probably went somewhere else and played and been the star there. But as I stated earlier, we knew we, knew we needed each other in order to win a championship. It wasn't going to be the Tony Duck show, the Antoine, Antoine Walker, Derek Anderson, Walt McCarty, Ron Mercer, Mark Pope. Uh, it wasn't going to be our show. But we knew once we came together, kind of like with this watch, is that it takes a team to come up with a great ideal, a great timepiece. But it, it, with us, it took us to understand each of our role, each of our importance to us winning this championship and being a part of history. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy and happy. Am I I'm excited that, you know, we can celebrate that. Absolutely. Last thing, man, just Jason Markham from a sea of blue sent me this and I take you right before the show blog.feedspot.com has the top 15 Kentucky Wildcats podcast. You must follow in 2021. And at that number one spot is believe in Kentucky. So I'm just, I'm just saying we, we, we doing something right. We, we coming in first place in the rankings, and that's cool to see. Let's keep it going. Hey, keep, keep us number one. That's your goal. We want to stay number one. Number one is great. Number one means our ratings is going to stay up there, and, and one day we might get paid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Appreciate everybody listening. Yes, absolutely. Everybody, you know, putting in comments for TD. Uh, follow at Believe in Kentucky on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we'll have another good episode next week. TD man, looking forward to seeing you doing your thing. You doing TV in Nashville? You I'm doing radio, show? radio, radio. Tomorrow's game. I'm doing um, tomorrow game at tomorrow's game at 6 p.m. I have the two early games Thursday, uh, two early uh, early games Friday, the semifinal games on Saturday, and the championship game on Sunday. And I'm hoping, I'm praying, yeah, <laughs> I'm wishing, yeah, I'll, our I'll, cats I'll, could be there on Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely. Is that serious XM or uh, SEC radio? radio? Okay, cool, cool. Everybody, check TD out. He's doing his thing. He's a natural SEC radio TV. He's been in the game forever. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Be safe going to Nashville, man. Appreciate you, brother. We'll be in touch next week. All right, y'all take care. Subscribe, rate, review for TD. This is Vinny Hardy. We'll see y'all again next week on Believe in Kentucky.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.